Welcome to another Dulas deliberation. And obviously the biggest story of the week is the conclusion of the Derek Chauvin trial where he was found guilty in all three charges, second degree murder, second or third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. Now before I talk a little bit about the trial itself, I want to jump um, back up and and just take a 30,000 foot view of this entire case. And starting from the beginning when that video first popped up on social media and then spread all over the world and the protests and the anger and the rage that we saw and the hurt and the compassion and the grief that was displayed by millions of people all over the world, regardless of what country they were in, there was a lot of anger about what took place and when you sit back and think about that as a Christian and you look at the world and you look at what the Bible says about how everybody knows there's a God and everybody knows that a God that that God is a God of justice and what a lot of people around the world thought uh, when they looked at that video was that is an unjust act therefore I'm going to be Upset. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to feel compassion for the man who suffered that unjust act. And I think that is perfectly indicative of the fact of what the Bible says, that everybody knows that a God exists. And because that God exists, they know that justice matters. And justice is a high and important, not just concept, but a, a reality to God. And that he, he, God cares about justice. And because men... And women are made in the image of God. We also care highly about justice. As a passage of scripture says that justice is the, as God's throne. His throne exists. And it's based on justice. And I think we all saw and we all felt the cry for justice to be done on behalf of George Floyd who was killed at the hands of Derek Chauvin. And whether you thought Uh, Derek Chauvin was innocent or not the fact remains that justice was in the forefront of everybody's mind on this trial they wanted justice done whether it was justice to exonerate Derek Chauvin or justice to exonerate George Floyd and convict Derek Chauvin for what he did to him by kneeling on him for the, the time that we saw him doing that so I wanted to start off with that first, that God, God's word again, obviously is true. And we've just seen confirmation of that based on these riots and based on the the anger and the rage because there is an injustice. Now, injustice doesn't mean we have an excuse to go commit more injustice with the rioting and the looting and the the slander and the the anger against police and, and those who are in authority. But... It just brings to the forefront that everybody knows that God is that God exists and that God will have His day in court with them, whether they whether they want, they like it or not. But to discuss the trial a little bit again, like I said on the last deliberation, is that evidence matters, truth matters. We can't go around making claims and expect not to be challenged on them when it comes to providing evidence for what we say is true. And that's the 
that should always be the epistemological task of every Christian. How do you know what you're saying is true? And what we as Christians should explain and, and be quick to say how we know what we know is true, especially in the realm of spiritual things, is because the Bible says so. God has revealed himself in his word, and we know that his word is true because he has told us it is true, and God is not a God who can lie. He can't lie. He's a God of truth and without iniquity, his word tells us. So this trial showed that evidence and data and facts and reason and logic matter. Whether it came to a conclusion that you agreed with or not, the fact remains is we all agree that evidence matters in regards to truth. And because truth matters, justice matters. And the only way to get to justice is through hard work of gathering evidence, thinking critically, thinking reasonably with the faculties that God has given us to use them, that God has given us to use to come to just conclusions. Now, does that mean we always come to just conclusions? Of course not. We live in a fallen world. We are fallen creatures. We are sinful creatures. We are tainted, not, not, not just tainted with evil, but we are actual evil itself. As the Bible says, Jesus says, how can you be an evil you know, give good gifts to your children. So he, Jesus himself acknowledged that we are evil by nature. The Bible says that no one is good, no, not one. So everybody is tainted. Everybody's effect is infected with evil because that's that's our very nature. We're, we are sinners by nature, enemies of God by nature. And that includes the police. Many in the police, if they, are, if they have not repented and put their faith in Christ, they are also under the, the wrath of God and, and they are evil by nature. However, that does not give us the right to slander the police or treat them as if they don't deserve respect or due honor. Because again, Romans 13 says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation and it's hard to read that without thinking of what George Floyd did when he was first confronted with the police officers he did not do what they were telling him to do he was resisting them he did not subject subject himself to the higher powers in this case the police who were or who are who were at that time and are still ordained of god so initially george floyd was resisting god himself in the authority given to those police officers and unfortunately his end was met with death and we all know that the bible says in romans six twenty three that the wages of sin is death now again like I said just a few minutes ago, police officers are also under the wrath of God. If they have not repented and put their trust in Christ, they are also going to be held accountable for their unjust acts. And that is what happened with Derek Chauvin. He's now sitting in prison in solitary confinement for 23 hours a day for doing what was deemed unjust and wrong. And now he's suffering the consequences for abusing his authority. So we see that God is holding him accountable. Now, that does not mean that the police themselves are wrong or the police 
policing itself is, is bad. Policing itself is an inherent good in society. There is nothing... It, it's foolish when we hear these politicians and others within the media, within the broader society, talking about defunding the police or abolishing the police. I mean, that's just insanity. And that's just strictly going against the laws of God, going against the, the ordinances of God, the, or, the ordinations of God, because God has indeed ordained police. They are good for society. Verse 3 in Romans 13 says, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. But thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. That is the role of a police officer. They are to be a terror to evil works. They are, be, they are to be a terror to those who commit evil and those who break the law within society. And that is largely what they do. And that is largely why this country is the way is blessed and successful and free and, 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 and prominent in the world. It's because of its police force. I know people talk about how we incarcerate the most people in the world. But then you realize we incarcerate the most people in the world because we have the foundation that life and property are should ought to be protected and people who are not willing to abide by those laws to protect life and property ought to be put away or even given the death penalty for taking one's life which is a biblical mandate whoso sheddeth man whoso sheddeth man's blood by man shall his blood be shed is what Genesis 9-6 says. That's the principle God laid down. If you kill somebody unjustly, you ought to be put to death. There should be no 25 to life. There shouldn't even be prisons in God's eyes. Either you commit, when you commit a crime, especially murder or rape, you deserve the death penalty. He went even further in the Old Testament where if you committed adultery, you deserve, you deserve death. If you blaspheme his name, you deserved death. If you, uh, if you even broke the Sabbath, you deserved death. So God's, God has a high standard of morality, and this country has tried its best, or not, not even, I wouldn't say tried its best, but has tried to mirror that uh, from the beginning until now. Now, have they done it perfectly? Obviously not, because we would be forgetting the majority of American history where there was subjugation of African slaves that they did not even deem as equal people or even as human. They were treated as, uh, as I mean, what a slave is, chattel, slavery and, and abused and, and, and terrorized and lynched and, and prevented from exercising basic rights just to exist for a lot of its history. Not just with slavery, but then with 100 years of Jim Crow after the end of the Civil War during the Reconstruction era. So there was a lot of evil that was done, but the principles themselves within the, within the Declaration of Independence, within the Constitution, reflected a knowledge of the law of God. I think it was George Washington that said that this country would not be able to survive without a moral and religious people. So it, it's necessary to have police because it's necessary to have a... It's because without them, we couldn't have a, a lawful and orderly society. We have to have people that are willing to put their lives on the line to protect others from death. As we just saw recently in this Micaiah Bryant case where it has been completely twisted and perverted to become an excuse for attacking people with knives. 
this girl, 16 years old, yes, she was young, but that being young does not alleviate you of the responsibility to act appropriately, to act kindly, to love your neighbor. And loving your neighbor is the opposite of trying to stab your neighbor. And she was met with swift justice, swift justice from the officer. And that is why the Bible calls police officers a terror to evil works. Now, they're not a terror to good works, but of evil works. So if you're doing evil, you ought to be afraid. She, she ought to have been afraid in that moment because she was doing something evil. This is not to, to absolve the officer of any wrongdoing that he might have done. From the video that you see, there's nothing that you can see that he did wrong. He was called to the scene, told that there was a knife in hand and the suspect was endangering the lives of others. He pulls up from the time he gets out of the vehicle to the time of the shooting was about nine or 10 seconds. He had to make a decision to save one girl's life from the girl who was trying to stab her. This has nothing to do with racism, nothing to do with the, an evil intent by the officer. This was everything to do with the preservation of the life of another. And it's sad that a 16-year-old girl had to die for sure. And it goes back to where was her father? Where was her mother? Why did, why did they not teach her to love her neighbor and not, not to settle whatever the dispute was, dispute was by trying to kill and murder, and murder her, her, her friends or whoever those people were at the time that she knew them? So this is not... This is not this case with George Floyd or with McKay Bryant has in no way indicted the police themselves because God Himself has ordained policing. God Himself has ordained government. Government is not a man-made institution. It is a God divinely, God divinely ordained government, and government functions ultimately at the at the end of a gun. I mean, the police don't bear the sword in vain. They don't bear the guns in vain. They are there to use them against criminals and lawbreakers. So we cannot pretend that criminals are not uh, blameworthy when it comes to disobeying orders from a police officer and they end up dead or disobeying off, uh, orders from, from government and they end up in prison. We don't have the right as citizens living in, our, in, in America or anywhere in the world to rebel against government. We have to submit to the authorities. And I think it's important that we don't lose sight that, of what the Bible says and not throw that aside because of the compassion or the, 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 the grief that we feel. And we don't slander the police. We don't slander even criminals, we don't slander anybody as Christians. We deal with what is true and what is good, and we, and we base that off of what God has revealed in His Word. We can't ignore that. We have to stand firm on what the Word of God says, regardless of how it may sound to the broader culture. Because many in the culture don't want to blame criminals for being criminals. We don't want to blame and hold people accountable who ought to be held accountable for their actions. That is what God will do. I mean, what what do we think will happen when we all die and stand before God? Is God ever going to tell one sinner, "Well, you know, that was kind of your that was your father's fault. That was society's fault. That was your teacher's fault." So I'm not going to blame you for your own sin when Jesus himself said it's evil that is within the heart of, that is within the heart of man that causes that causes him to do these things that are that are evil. So God's going to hold every sinner accountable for their own sin. 
And there's nobody that's going to stand before God and tell God that it's your fault or it's my parents' fault or it's the woman you gave me or you know, like Adam tried to use and then Eve tried to blame it on the snake. I mean, we can't ever allow ourselves to be tempted to the point where we start blaming others for our own sin or blaming the authorities or and not holding people accountable for their own sin because that's exactly what God does. He holds people accountable for their sin. Now, if they're willing to repent and forsake their sin, God's ready and willing to forgive them, such like such as we ought to be too. As Ephesians 4 says, you know, be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. So if, when somebody sins and repents, we ought to be willing to forgive them just as quickly as God is willing to forgive us when we sin and we ask for forgiveness from him. So let's not slander, let's not lose sight of the good that God has ordained for society. And let's not give up standing on the word of God and being truth tellers in an age of lies and deception because the world is going to operate as they operate. They are the children of the devil. He and the devil is the father of lies. We are the children of God and our father is a God of truth and our savior is the truth. So as our, if our savior, the one who died for us and cleansed us and saved us and is preparing a place for us is the truth himself, we ought to be people of the truth. And remember that God's word is truth. So we want, if we want to know what is true, we have to read the word and, and base our thinking and our emotions and our, and our words on what the word of God says. So thank you again for listening. And if you like what you hear, like I say last week, and subscribe to the podcast or uh, subscribe to the show on YouTube and leave a comment, leave a review, let me know. What you think, if you have any questions or concerns, I'm willing to answer them and, and willing to get back with you. So thank you for listening to this Do Lost Deliberation. We'll see you next week.